Hi everyone, this is Jalisha from Sharebird. Thanks for being a loyal listener of our podcast. We're excited to announce that we just launched Sharebird Premium, a content library of proven playbooks, case studies, templates, and lessons learned used by product marketing leaders at the fastest growing companies, including many of who have been guests on this show. Start critical projects off right and avoid costly mistakes with Sharebird Premium. Visit sharebird.com slash playbooks to get access. You're losing 30% of your deals to competitors. Not cool. That competitive revenue gap is costing your business millions of dollars. So how do you tip the scale in your favor? Clue's competitive enablement platform makes it simple for product marketers and compete pros to give their revenue teams the exact right intel at the exact right time. Positioning, messaging, objection handling, and FUD. Clue shares real-time competitive insights in the places your reps already live and makes it easy for them to contribute insights from the field. Welcome back to season five of the Product Marketing Experts podcast. Today, I'm really excited for this conversation around AI. Today, I have with me Abhi Sheikh, product marketing consultant and advisor, AI enthusiast, and ex-Google, Meta, Microsoft, and Databricks. Welcome to the podcast. Everyone's journey into product marketing is a little bit unique and a little bit different. We're curious about how you got into product marketing and you know some of your current roles. It's great to be here, first of all, Jeffrey. I'm a big fan of the podcast, and I'm really, really excited to talk about this topic that's super close to me. But yeah, product marketing, well, it wasn't exactly serendipitous, but I took my time getting to product marketing. So my journey started as a developer. I used to load tests and run test engineering efforts for large American fintech organizations many, many years ago. And at the same time, I used to be a volunteer and quote unquote, a door salesman for an international nonprofit and an NGO. So I think I wanted something that would balance the left side and the right side of my brain. And I found that perfect confluence in marketing. So 13 years ago, I specialized in my MBA in marketing and strategy and moved to a very classical, traditional B2B SaaS marketing roles. So in my earlier roles, the concept of product marketing and demand gen was not clearly delineated. So I was the marketing guy who had to write marketing collateral, define campaign strategy, execute campaigns, analyze them. So it was usually the one person running marketing or the one member of a very, very lean marketing team trying to do everything. I actually built my forte in demand gen, given my structured approach to problem solving, given my familiarity with data and processes and tools. And as I started working more and more on demand gen, when I moved to Microsoft, I moved into an interesting space of developer marketing. And so along with coming up with like the campaign strategy, I also had to define the core messaging. I also had to manage teams of data professionals and engineers to build out our data stack and run BI at global scale in 70 plus markets. So I realized that I started appreciating data technologies a little more, which is why when I moved to Databricks and then subsequently to Meta, I did more and more of demand gen plus, I would say, portions of product marketing. But then I started getting very hands-on with increasingly more sophisticated data tools, analytics tools. In fact, started dabbling in AI where in one of my cooler 
experiences at Meta, I worked with data scientists to build out models that would predict campaign content. And I just fell in love with the topic. So Google reached out to me in 2021 because they saw the passion for AI, the understanding of the technologies, plus the marketing experience. And that was my transition to a full-fledged product marketing role. So that's my journey into AI product marketing. That's an incredible journey, not only into product marketing, but into AI as well. You certainly had a fascinating journey. And I'd love to dive a little bit more into AI itself. Obviously, AI, as we record this, and, and I imagine well into the future after we record this as well, will continue to be kind of a buzzword, so to speak, and a hot topic. But how do you think product marketing leaders and teams should really start thinking about integrating AI into their strategy? I hear a lot of people talking about you know, the prompts to be using and the various things that AI is maybe good at or not so good at. But as we talk about integrating into the things that actually product marketing does, how do you think about that? And curious what advice you have or give to product marketing teams and leaders? Yeah, I think that's a fascinating question. The world has changed dramatically in the last four months after ChatGPT came out. Now, everyone's starting to see the value that generative AI can have for their marketing use cases. But I'll take a step back. Marketing and AI are not a new pairing. I mean, AI has been powering marketing use cases for a while now. In fact, some of the biggest applications of AI in the enterprise hinge on customer segmentation, lead scoring, building recommender systems. I mean, you know, that's like the foundation of businesses like Netflix and Amazon and also understanding behaviors. So many enterprises have invested significantly in building out these marketing capabilities. And I think it's good to start understanding those capabilities and not treat AI as a completely novel concept. That said, we can't unsee the power that generative AI brings to the enterprise. And the reality is, I mean, just case in point, since ChatGPT came out, I believe there was a study or there was this incredible factoid in February where over 200 books were published on the Kindle store in February alone, which listed ChatGPT as one of their co-authors. So the rate at which content is being published now is skyrocketing. We've been blown away by what Midjourney and Stable Diffusion can do in terms of converting relatively simple prompts into extremely high photorealistic, high-fidelity images. We are starting to see more and more innovation from the likes of NVIDIA and Unreal, where with simplistic text prompts, you can create incredibly rich video files. I think the disruption of the creative process has truly started. And so there are a few things I would advise marketers to do. The first thing is to create an self-learning path or an educational path into AI, there's so many facets to it. It's such a complex technology. So one hack that I found useful is being a part of these marketing AI user groups. For example, the Marketing AI Institute, they do a lot of good work around publishing reports and even basic courses to familiarize marketers with AI. The second thing is take an approach. I mean, start looking to power some of your applications with AI. And by that, I mean, you know, within your organization, if you have an existing use case that has already been solved by AI at other organizations, for example, building out recommender systems or doing customer segmentation and scoring, it's a great way for you to start getting familiar with AI and what it can do. And I think step three, and this is still happening as we speak, is 
dabbling in more and more and trying to bring in more and more of these generative AI tools into your workflow. And so ChatGPT is but one example. There are tools for market research, there's tools for copywriting, there are tools for image creation, now end-to-end tools for campaign execution. So keeping your eyes open and dabbling with these tools is a great way to prep yourself for the future. That's amazing. And I'm curious, I guess, maybe to even dive one layer deeper, how have you thought, maybe as you're advising companies or just in companies you've been a part of, about integrating AI into the specific product marketing processes that you're carrying out day in and day out? How are you thinking about it? And maybe even what kind of tools are you using around maybe segmentation and market research and copywriting and things like that? Yeah. So I think AI really touches every step of the product marketing cycle in terms of what I've done and what I've seen some of the companies I advise do also. It's like everyone starts with ChatGPT, obviously, and it's a great tool to do basic market research. I would say level one copywriting. So I try to use these assistants and I think there are a host of new generative AI tools that and chat GPT like tools that have made our process a little better. But for market research, I'm a huge fan of Bo by Quora. It's Quora's language assistant or chatbot that's kind of, you know, provides more realistic and up-to-date answers with links compared to chat GPT. I've used it for speeding up my market research and it's free. So it's worth a shot. When it comes to copywriting itself, I've used ChatGPT extensively to figure out content outlines, best practices to iterate on headlines and variations to polish up either my business communications or polish up like end drafts to produce final stuff. Now moving to slightly more of these traditional applications. So when it comes to things like segmentation and lead scoring, there are quite a few enterprise vendors who provide capable solutions. I've tried both. I mean, I've tried working with, say, Sixth Sense or Salesforce Einstein, and they provide decent capabilities. But then I actually built an application, a homegrown application, a data scientist. And it's surprisingly quick to build one of these, given the sophistication of data science tools these days. So we built some programs out in Python to segment our CRM database into target personas. And it worked wonders for our campaigns at Databricks. I've done similar work at Facebook where we built something very powerful. And here's one trick too. You can look at your own campaign strategies and look at parallel initiatives, especially if you're a larger organization. There always are parallel data science initiatives and you can try to latch on to one. I did that at Facebook where there was a larger data science initiative to train a model that would analyze thousands of hours of customer call logs. And I asked the data science team if there was a way to extract the top 20 topics of discussion or the most recurrent themes that came up in those conversations with our target audiences. And just having that list with relative probabilities helped me create much more powerful campaign messaging because I started tuning my messaging along those lines. So this is a great example of how you can use indirect innovation versus directly using a tool to power your marketing effectiveness. I love that. And I I love that you've directly used a lot of the data to power a lot of your campaigns and use a wide range of different tools, cross-market research and copywriting and, and so forth. And you mentioned a little bit before the importance of good prompts, or maybe I should say great prompts. I don't expect you to share exact prompts that maybe you use, but curious, like, how do you ensure that you're writing the right prompt to get the best information from the respective AI source that, that you're using? That's a great, great question. I think 
It's definitely a journey in progress. If I remember a quote by Sam Altman, who is the CEO of OpenAI, I think someone famously asked him as to, so what can ChatGPT do? And I think his response was something along the lines of, well, we'll have to wait for humanity to figure that out. So when it comes to prompt engineering, the sky's the limit. But there are a few approaches that I'm starting to see. I mean, the one thing that I do is there are plenty of communities around prompts and plenty of collections of prompts on GitHub or like that are published on the web. It's always a good idea to start Googling around or like looking for or searching for those kind of prompt guides to get a sense for what works. Here's a rough formula that I found very helpful in one of these prompt tutorials was around start with a persona, like tell ChatGPT, imagine you are a content writer. And then you give it very specific instructions for what you want to see in the outcome. And then you close with an ask around what's the tone that you want to see. This is one example, but there are ways, the more specific you can be, the more data you can incorporate in your prompt, the better these models are. And some of the newer versions of GPT are incredibly powerful at taking very complex and long prompts. Some other best practices I've seen is I've embedded snippets of articles that whose tone I want to mimic, like to get brand voice. And for example, it can be write me a newsletter or write me a blog post in the style of open quotes, close quotes. And then I paste in a few sentences from my desired tone of voice. And ChatGPT is pretty good at mimicking that. So that's for getting your brand tone, right? And I've been playing a lot with these technologies and it's very difficult to really get it right in the first shot. So there's this concept called prompt chaining which is you ask one question and then that gives you one answer. Then you ask it to go back and cut this out and add that in and tweak this and refine that. And this iterative journey of refinement usually yields best results. So prompt chaining, being giving very specific detailed prompts is all good. But then again, like I said, this is a very fast evolving space. In fact, there are entire tools that are built around prompt libraries. For example, there's a tool called AIPRM or SEO which has pre-built prompts for doing entire persona research and giving you a detailed SEO optimized list of blog titles. So, you know, it's always a good idea, I think, to even use what's already been built and being used by other users and then build on top of that. So not that plenty of ways to approach this, basically. For sure. There's an incredible foundation, I guess, so to speak, being built today to your point about some of the SEO and persona research that, you know, I think we as marketers can leverage and use and then even build on top of to be specific to whatever company we are a part of or advising even. And along those lines, I want to talk a little bit about more deeply using AI as a product marketer, because I think one of the things that I've certainly been thinking about, and hopefully a lot of product marketers are thinking about is as a part of using AI technologies, how do we really achieve differentiation, right? Because if a lot of us are are putting in maybe the same prompts, I imagine some of the output will largely be similar and or the same. And there was a pretty good study recently, I believe it was done by Price Intelligently, that showed that mentioning kind of AI integrated into your technology will increase the willingness to pay which shows that you know consumers or business buyers are naturally looking for AI integration into their technologies. And so I'm curious how you're thinking about or even advising other product marketers to position kind of AI-enriched offerings within their strategy or, or their product. Yeah, that's a great question. So I actually covered this topic in some depth at the Product Marketing Summit that I spoke at last year. 
while all these products and AI-enabled products are fundamentally different, there are certain traits that I feel become these vectors along which we will differentiate our future offerings. And I think there are four of these vectors, right? So the first of them is intelligence. When we are saying that our product is AI-enabled, in a way, what we're saying is it's more intelligent than your encumbered solution. And so how do we build our messaging around like the intelligent capabilities that the product has now acquired in a way that resonates with our end users? Case in point, I just saw an ad today for a new list prospecting service, which says that, you know, we are 10 times cheaper and far more accurate than existing list databases for your marketing campaigns. Like we would never confuse Headspace with Peloton, for example, and we won't list them as health tech companies. So clearly, like, you know, that's a great way of differentiating your intelligent capabilities that you built with AI. The other thing is the other vector for differentiation in our mind is adaptiveness, or I would say responsiveness. AI technologies are evolving furiously to not just deal with known use cases, but even to successfully deal with unseen use cases or niche use cases. And while these solutions are not prevalent yet, I do think that maybe in a couple of years, this will become another area or another dimension in which we will position ourselves like, hey, my technology is way more nimble or agile than yours in dealing with X number of unseen use cases. And so that I think is important too. The third thing is how ambient is this technology? And what that means is traditionally AI has been very compute intensive. It's built on large monolithic servers, very, very expensive to build. And I mean, for example, something like ChatGPT had training costs in the hundreds of millions of dollars. The only way ChatGPT runs right now is because the GPT models are so huge, it has to be hosted on a server somewhere and we have to consume it through an app. But there's an increasing movement within AI to start building smaller and smaller models that can fit in your mobile phone. Literally, I saw an incredible demo just two days ago where Unreal, which is this famous company that produces you know, graphics engines and which powers most of today's video games and animations, they came up with a new tool where you can take three photos of someone with your iPhone and that would then, this advanced motion capture technology powered by AI would translate or convert those three pictures into a fully fleshed out avatar of your personality. And it's not like your friendly cutesy Apple icon kind of a thing. It's literally a full-fledged virtual avatar, the kinds that you see in video games. Now, this work stream used to take weeks for teams of animators. So like thousands or hundreds of thousands of dollars to build out. And you can do it now with an iPhone in 10 minutes. So that's like the ambience, the ability to put something, the power of some technology like that in your pocket will be clearly a differentiator. And finally, this is huge too. I mean, ethics, people are concerned about the bias and potential harm that AI can cause. And that's a huge area of concern. So every major AI creator is thinking about how to make their models safer, less harmful. And I do think that compliance and fairness and safety would be huge talking points and extremely important factors for AI technologies of the future. So yeah, these four dimensions, intelligence, adaptiveness, ambience, and ethics would shape the positioning of products of the future. Totally agree. And I think a lot of product marketing leaders should think probably long and hard along those four dimensions that you just mentioned and how their offering kind of reflects those four dimensions and, and how they can position along them. That's a really great way of thinking about it. 
and I mean, AI is gener- is developing so quickly. It, it seems like there's not a day that goes by that there's not a major new announcement or a meaningful step forward in the capabilities <laughs> of the technology itself. You just mentioned the image capability, which I was not aware of, to be honest, before recording this. And that's truly incredible. But you know, what do you think about the next let's say six to 12 months in AI and how product marketing teams will need to adapt. I'm not talking about specific releases from any one vendor. Although if you want to talk about that, you know, obviously feel free, but curious, like as product marketing leaders, what should we be preparing for over the next, let's say six to 12 months? Yeah. So there was a study by the AI Marketing Institute on this. And I think they surveyed marketing leaders across companies And I believe the stats they found were that 74% of marketers believe they will rely on AI for automating most of their tasks. And 51% of marketers believe that AI is critically important to their marketing success in the next 12 months. So I believe marketers are aware of the need to quickly adapt AI in their workflows. And we are already facing this. With the advent of generative technologies, marketers will be expected to produce more, faster, and better. So it's almost like the industrial age of marketing in a way, in my mind. And so I think marketing leaders and teams should think about dabbling in generative tools and technologies, making them a part of their workflows, and you know, increasingly equipping their own teams and conducting trainings, whether that's on prompt engineering, whether that's on new generative tools, to future-proof their marketing teams. The other thing is, I think AI also opens up radical new ways for personalizing customer touch points. And marketers need to evaluate things like intelligent chatbots more closely now than before, because consumers have tasted the power of chat GPT. I mean, case in point, without naming names, we can see how the search industry is being disrupted with the advent of chat GPT and how incumbents are being forced to adapt very quickly. And this same scenario will play out in other industries too, as other companies start adapting ChatGPT for their particular verticals or domains, and then the incumbents will need to adapt. So creating like intelligent chatbots, intelligent search functionalities and capabilities, Q&A capabilities are areas that marketers, and I frankly think even product owners and company executives should start evaluating quickly. And I think the third thing is really around building upon traditional marketing use cases, right? The more classical supervised use cases like churn prediction or customer segmentation and scoring, we shouldn't lose sight of that. I think any meaningful personalization strategy in content will need to build upon a meaningful personalization and recommendation strategy in the underlying data itself. So marketers will need to become more data savvy and use more and more of these tools to segment better, personalize better. So I think of these three dimensions. That's phenomenal. Maybe one more question along those lines. Do you think the structure or maybe makeup of not just a product marketing team, but an overall marketing team will change You know, as a result of some of these, as a result of needing to become more data savvy, as you just mentioned, as a need to ensure that we're having the right prompts and kind of prompt engineering, so to speak. And I'm sure there's other pieces to that as well beyond just those two, but do you think the structure and makeup of product marketing and broader marketing will change as a result? That's a great question. I mean, I have my personal thoughts on this are that marketing will increasingly become a tech function in a way. So we will need 
more and more tech stakeholders involved. And that's already the case. Traditionally, we've had tech partners on the marketing infrastructure space. And now that marketing infrastructure is starting to broach into the creative territory. So I think someone like an AI specialist or AI product manager would probably need to play a role in equipping marketing teams with the right AI technologies. I also think that the marketing teams might become a little leaner as things like QA bots or intelligent generative tools that can automatically write blogs or write long form content, which is very well informed by the company's own body of knowledge and brand tone. You know, as these capabilities come online, I think we might see more lean marketing teams who'd have to really produce things faster. Some areas where I think product marketers still have an advantage, as of now, I don't see AI replacing the level of product knowledge or the kind of research that a qualified professional can do and the kind of vectors along which differentiation. There's a lot of expertise that product marketers have built up around thinking about the more strategic aspects of go-to-market, channels, differentiation, core positioning. I don't think those are necessarily getting replaced anytime soon. So I think that product marketers will probably need to get even closer to the product while they allow like the asset generation pieces and they use AI to augment their asset generation work. So yeah, I do think that the product marketing teams might be leaner in that they're more focused on the product. They're more focused on strategy. They use fewer potentially contractors to publish or create content and that they have a dedicated AI stakeholder who can help them make the most of their AI tools and platforms. Completely agree. And thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Abhishek. I, I appreciate all your thoughts. And AI is such a fascinating topic. Just the development that's happening around it day in and day out is truly mind-blowing, quite frankly. Any final words or where people can find your writing or maybe get advice from you, so to speak, on kind of what's happening with AI? Yeah, I'd love to. I'm very active on LinkedIn. I think that's the best place to find me. I publish my blogs and writings there. And if you're thinking about working with AI and if anyone has questions about specific marketing applications, I'm happy to advise and help. So yeah, thank you so much, Jeffrey. This was a great, great opportunity. And yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what people come back with and what awesome stuff they produce with AI. I am absolutely looking forward to the same. Thank you so much. Thank you. This show is produced by Sharebird, the knowledge sharing platform for the fastest growing teams. It's the place to get on-demand answers to your questions and learn from leaders at the top of their field. Want more advice and insights? Check out Sharebird.